I was laughing at someone's Instagram story the other day because it was like, do all the chores, like feed everyone, get all the things done, thrive in your business, be a size, whatever, your ideal size, like all these. And I just read the list and I was like, this is true. Like this is running through our psyche a lot of like just achieve and then later we'll receive and enjoy. Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. This is a community of women supporting women. Tune in every other Thursday to hear from SK Vaughn as she catches up with ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We will cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, thought leadership, and respect in the workplace. We want to celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you are a lady who leads in the boardroom or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. Let's do this. I am so excited y'all to have Danielle here on the podcast. We met in passing long ago and it just feels so right reconnecting and getting to hear from her today. And so welcome. Thank you. It does feel so right. I'm excited. Love what you're doing here. Thank you. Of course, I always start the podcast off with how are you surviving and thriving this week? So while you're thinking through that, I will start first. So surviving. Ooh, I was thinking about this earlier today. I feel like I'm just in this season of constant transition. And I guess that mm. kind of boils down to change. And I think at the heart of a lot of things, we don't mind a little bit of change, right? Like it feels a little bit uncomfortable to get through it. But I've just been on this... <laughs> I don't know about anybody else. I've just been on this journey of consistent transition, consistent change that it can leave you feeling a little bit tired and trying to navigate that professionally as well as personally, whether you're a young adult going from college to the workforce, like that's a transition and that's hard, or you're mm. becoming a mom for the first time, like that's a transition. Or if you're moving to a new area and trying to quickly plug in, which we know never happens, it takes time to- <laughs> to find your sure. people, find your community in a new area. And so I've just, that's just been on my heart this week of how I'm surviving. I think I'm still just very much pressing that reset button a little mm. too frequently for my liking, but you know, I'm growing through it. So there's, there's the, the, I guess, positive in that. And then, so would you say it's a professional transitioning or sorry, I know I'm yeah. not, you're not so, being interviewed. I'm just so curious. Yeah. Professionally, you know, I've worked for an agency and we've restructured a few different times and rethought about how we want to present and market. Mm -hmm. And it's just ever evolving. And I've managed mm -hmm. different teams and transitioned with those teams several different times. It's just looked a lot of different ways, which is fun and exciting. Sure. But it's also like, ah, okay. Plan right. Z, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so professionally, that's kind of been the main thing. And of course, I went fully remote with my job about a year and a half ago. So that's okay. also just a little bit different leading a team from a different area when they're all based sure. in a different city. So just a lot of those kind of transitions and kind of growing through a lot of that has been just kind of surviving some of it. But I think that there's obviously a reason for it. And mm -hmm. I've learned a lot, a lot through this last year and a half about myself personally, but as well as myself professionally and kind of what makes me tick. So I right. think it's been really, really helpful. So yeah, that's how I'm that's surviving. Exciting. 
And then thriving, thriving in this season of, of excitement and anticipation of like fun trips coming up in 2024. Mm-hmm. We're heading to Greece. We were supposed to be going to Israel, Ooh. but plot twist, we changed our travel. Uh, yeah. So yeah, excited about Greece and just excited. I've about- always wanted to go to Greece. I've not gone there. It's one of the places on my bucket list. Oh, I have yeah. to live vicariously through you. That's exciting. I'm I'm hoping for like a Mamma Mia kind of moment. You know what I'm saying? If right. You need that. Yeah. Around me, I'm going to be worried, <laughs> but I'm also here yeah. for it. So, but yeah, Greece will be so fun and I can't wait to see everything and it's going to be just really special. So just excited about what all 2024 has to offer. Uh, what yeah. about you, Danielle? So it's so funny that I like pulled the document up and saw the surviving question because I've been going through some health stuff, like I said earlier, and I usually take a hiatus from social media when I'm being taxed mentally or physically behind the scenes. I just don't like I, as I've matured over the years and 38 now, I've learned that like putting things out there just to put it out there is not necessary <laughs> or doesn't feel authentic to me anymore. And I posted yesterday something though, where I was like, well, I've been in survival mode in the last couple of months. I really and truly feel like, I'll just be honest, I had a diagnosis. I've known for a couple of years that things were off with like my hormones and I had a really bad accident last year. I've lost vision in my right eye. And like now, two months ago, I got diagnosed with a pituitary gland adenoma, but now it's gotten more complicated. And when I heard that diagnosis, I looked insane because I started laughing and I was like, because ah, it was an answer. It was something that I realized I was longing for because I have had so many different ailments that made no sense. But in that same vein, I've been trying to go at it alone. I've been trying to not tell anyone and power through and just bear it. And this past two weeks, that barrier is just broken. And I've been surviving and relying on my community. And that means like my little nuclear family, my husband and my two kids. Also, I mean, my business, you know, my church, like people have just shown up and shown out. And I guess I have felt very humbled in the fact that I've had to like let my guard down. And so it's like surviving and then also thriving in the same vein of being peaceful and content enough in myself to know that it's not a sign of weakness to need help and just being present in the moments that I do have right now where I do feel good and I'm able to kind of focus on things that I love, like our conversation. I've really missed the meaningful conversation in the last few weeks. It's been very much like a holiday party, which I don't do well with small, like chit chat. Like I'd go deep way too fast. And so I've been having some, I hosted my husband's law firm party recently this past week. And we've been doing a ton of like, just, you know, small talk. And I just realized that drains me when you talk about that draining you on the level, that kind of drains me. And so this meaningful time is, is really important to me. So hope that kind of gives you an answer. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, it's interesting that you point out the small talk being draining to you because <laughs> I'm so, it's so funny. Like I have, obviously there's different levels of friendships that you meet in life. I think sure. there's people that, you know, it's surface level, it's fun, it's easy. And then there's the people that you're like the closest to that you're like, okay, and we're here. That went from right. like zero to 100 very quickly. And now we right. know each other so much better than we thought we ever would. And so that those are the kind right. of things I look for. So I'm I'm ready to go deep. Let's do it. Yes. Okay. Well, people are probably like, she went way too fast, but I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So obviously we have to go back to your surviving piece there. I'm so yeah. sorry to hear about your diagnosis. What's kind of the Thank next you. in your treatment? 
So yeah, to give a little background, like I am, you know, I own a fitness studio, but I've been in the wellness sphere for my whole career for the last 20 years. And I have this very holistic approach to everything. And I pride myself on like being, you know, active and well and healthy. And pretty much since 2018, when I got pregnant with my son, also a year after my brother passed away from addiction, like my health just started taking hits. And then I got pregnant and this whole like last five years, the trajectory of that's kind of blowing my mind that I'm about to have a five-year-old. My health is just, I thought I was gonna have like a cute pregnancy and like have all these healthy moments to share with clients when really and truly my body pretty much failed me through two pregnancies that were within 12 months of each other. Even though that sounds like they didn't, I do have two healthy children, but like I had my first son was like growth restricted and my placenta deteriorated. And I had so many health issues through each pregnancy myself. And then following that, it has not been an easy few years. And like, I pride myself on move, nourish your body, all these things. And none of those things were working. And it kind of felt like I was a fraud in my professional field, even though, you know, I was doing all the right things I felt like, but my body was just kind of, I felt like I was working against myself rather than loving on myself through this season. And then I'd kind of hit a, a moment of acceptance in the spring of 2022. I'd Felt like I was out of postpartum enough. I was really working a ton and my kids were settled. And then I got in a really bad wreck and I, I was knocked unconscious. And I was hot. This is the first time anything like that's happened in my life. And I had severe brain trauma. And you like hear that and you're like, well, what, is, what does that mean? And I still don't think I grasped it, but I had severe like stage three concussion. I had to do all sorts of different rehabs, physical therapies. I still lose words. But since that of April 2022, I have felt like this ticking inside that something's just not right. And so when I did get that diagnosis, I thought, oh, this is going to be a clear cut avenue to healing. We're going to get it. We're going to get all the check the boxes. And this has been really a tedious process because when you have a, any sort of like tumor or, you know, even if it's benign in your brain, essentially, um, it, it knocks so many different things off. But right now it's just sending misfiring signals to my body. And so the, the plan of action has started some hormone replacement therapy. We're going to try to shrink this thing without having a full-on craniotomy first, but thus far it has not worked. So I'm just kind of day to day, like right before we got on this call, I got an email and it was like updated test results. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to click on that right now because I have found myself going down paths of trying to control this. And I've learned that I've got to just kind of ride the wave and trust that I'm doing everything I can in the interim parts of these appointments. And um, I'm, I just started two new medicine rounds and we'll just see. I'm doing weekly IV infusions and there's just all sorts. This is a whole new world, girl, that I never knew about. But it's honestly broadened my understanding of of so many people's stories and just their health journeys over the last few years. I've really felt like I've been able to help more people because I've been brought down to some low points. <laughs> Sometimes I think it helps me relate in some ways. This I'm still wrapping my head around if I'm being honest. That's a lot to process and a lot to you. Um, that was a lot of facts I just gave you. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's the first time I've really spoken about it. So who knows what just came out of my mouth. I mean, I've like typed out to people what's happening with me, but I haven't overtly had to say it really yet. So this is good for me. Yeah. And to put it into words is also just, even if it's, it's your story, it's like you're, you're still living it. And so that's kind of sometimes hard right. to state like the full story, but Let's, right. Let's go back a little bit. And I'm curious to know 
you're obviously a big part of the health and wellness space in Birmingham. You have Pure Bar. I want to go back and then we can start, you know, back with your current journey of wellness. You know, what inspired sure. your your love and attention to the wellness space and wanting to help others through their own health journeys? So for me, I'm the oldest of, I have a pretty crazy upbringing and it was very dysfunctional, but I've, I'm very thankful at the same time. I'm very, I'm from Kentucky and it's this very mountain Eastern Kentucky mindset of like family is everything, but it's also like, I've realized I've had to kind of look back over my childhood and see where I actually utilized outlets like exercise, even as young as middle school, high school, or just creative outlets, even to kind of not escape necessarily, but have an avenue of release. And I found myself naturally migrating towards like being a camp counselor and all these things. So growing up, and then when I was, I was 17, left Kentucky, came to Sanford, and I really had this whole mindset of like, I'm going to do counseling. And I was in women's studies and I'm a writer. So I was JMC at three majors, so over the top and unnecessary at this point, but I loved school. And I remember being like, well, the more that I got into a clinical setting, I got, I was getting my master's after Sanford and community agency counseling. And I was in the hospital with youth, like young girls that had similar stories to mine, but different, I would say socioeconomic upbringing, but like I've been, I've experienced sexual, physical abuse as a young girl and overcoming that and then using my clinical approach to helping them. I found something missing and I just kept hitting a wall and I took a step back and realized that I wanted to infuse something a little bit happier <laughs> than just a sitting and, and talk therapy and movement had always kind of clicked in and it had been my saving grace. Exercise had been through, I realized now looking back bouts of depression or things that were just PTSD triggers like from childhood and I stepped away from my master's and took some time and I'm a Christian. I'm a strong spiritual person. What that looks like is probably different. I'm not necessarily tied to like a specific, I do, I have joined a Presbyterian church, so I guess I am something now, but my faith has always been an anchor for me. I just stepped back and I just prayed, like, I really want to do something different. And I was a yoga instructor and spin instructor at the time. And I went to Nashville to do a deeper certification of anatomy. And I ran back into someone that did the creator of Pure Bar, actually. And she um, she was doing a test market in Kentucky when I was in college. And I'd met her then. And I have scoliosis. And so I love low, low impact exercise on top of like in strength training and other things. And she was like, wait, I love that you're in this field. And I called her one day on a random Wednesday. And I was like, I want to bring this to Alabama. And there was not a franchise yet. There was a licensing program. One of my girlfriends in Nashville that had found out about it through my family actually had opened a studio and it just was something that clicked immediately. And it made no sense at the time. I was like walking away from master's program. I'd worked really hard to get into. And my husband actually had to move to Montgomery. We eloped and lived overseas. That's a whole nother thing. And we got back, his firm was in Montgomery and I was supposed to move from Birmingham to Montgomery. And on moving day is when I had my final interview for Pure Bar ownership. And she was like, you got it. You're going to open pure, there was no like manual. Like I remember she sent me like binder and misspelled Birmingham. That sounds awful, but she did. She was like, 
have at it. And I'm like, okay. So it, it, it really kind of catapulted from, and I was 22, 23 at the time. It catapulted my career and everything I'd worked towards on, in like the clinical setting and then in all my certifications in movement and wellness sphere into this really broad-based community system where now if you look around, there's a fitness studio, a boutique, private, you know, business on every, I feel like every other block um, in a good way. At the time, there really wasn't. I fell in love with group exercise at the Y of all places and really wanted that specialized energy. And it just, it, it was a technique that I knew wasn't being taught in Birmingham or in Alabama actually at all. And it was a perfect medium for me not being from there, not having the name that you sometimes need in the South to kind of stand behind something and build something brand new. And um, I'm really fortunate. I brought on a partner since I couldn't live in Birmingham all the time. And I've since bought her out, but it was just a really special thing to start my career with. And yes, Pure Bar is a huge part of who I am and what I do in Birmingham. I'm in multiple studios over the years, but I've really just learned that my biggest passion is movement, teaching people how to love themselves in the skin they're in. Pure Bar has definitely been an incredible avenue for that. It's also led me to other, you know, I have, I'm a holistic health counselor and in the most recent years, gotten more certifications that teach Pilates. And I'm just obsessed with learning more about the body and the mental connection and just how, how many benefits come from the mind, body and spirit connection. And so that was kind of a lot about the front end, the nitty gritty throughout. I mean, I've owned like four different studios, sold them. It's definitely... My Homewood studio is the original studio. It's the home base. You know, at the time, there was not even Lululemon. Like, I brought that in from Vancouver. And I love matching people's lifestyles with, you know, the right fit and, like, clothes and, and letting women feel great about themselves. But it's actually not about what's seen or what they're wearing. What I've learned about, you know, female empowerment is if you're really, really living it, it's just connecting and asking, how are you, and encouraging women and you would be mind blown the things that I get to hear from them and that they entrust me with and just the journey that I've been able to see a lot of them go on. And we're celebrating 14 years, January 4th in Homewood. And it is, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> so, and I mean that based on my community, like my staff, we have the highest retention rate in the nation because this team is just incredible. And so I now teach privates. I do all sorts of different things. I've taught mommy and me classes more than anything, letting women know that they matter, that I want them to feel seen and I want them to move and feel good about themselves and have a great time. I can take that just about anywhere. And I'm really, really thankful for the community of Birmingham and Homewood, especially how they've just kept open arms and just keep coming back year after year. Wow. 14 years. That's incredible. That's a huge milestone. I know it's wild. I mean, I just keep thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, that's coming. And we always do something really special for our anniversary. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to January. It's always, this is my favorite time of year for work, especially, you know, I love the ending of, I'm very symbolic, I guess, and ending of something in the beginning. And I don't get into the nonsense and like the misconceptions about like, shred, get your goals. Like everybody's mindset about New Year's is different, but just providing another year for another space for friendships to be made and women to feel really good and to keep moving. 
Are you looking for a new membership to really plug into, find community, and really begin thriving? Well, we have just the membership for you at the Ladies Who Lead podcast. We have a membership on Patreon that is the thriving membership. It's only $5 a month. You get exclusive content, bonus episodes, sneak peek of the new merch, and early access to all of our announcements and promotions that are happening right here, right now. You're just the first person to know about it. If this sounds like the membership group for you, don't hesitate to sign up as we link it in our show notes. It's patreon.com backslash the ladies who lead. And this is an incredible membership you do not want to miss out on. Speaking of New Year's, you know, are you big about New Year's resolutions? Obviously, it's a big wellness fitness time. Everyone's like, I'm right. So great shape for 2024. What are those <laughs> kind of to you? Like, are, are you a New Year's resolution kind of girl? I used to be hung, not like hung up, like in a really, I loved it. Like I'm a writer. And so I loved writing them out and setting intention. And this was before, you know, we all talk about like intentions now, but I really used resolutions even from the time I was in high school. I remember like, just, I love to, it says in one of my favorite books, the Bible, but like write it down, make it plain on the tablet and like write the vision. And I've always taken that seriously, whether it's a New Year's resolution or not. But it's so funny because since I became a mom, I'm a little bit more seasoned now. I've learned that it's less about what I'm going to do. And in the last few years, it's what I'm leaving behind and and being more mindful in the day to day and in my practices. And of course, you know, it'd be nice to like sit down and have all these goals. But I've realized more than anything, it's about setting parameters and like boundaries for what I want. And I'm a perfectionist. So not writing something down that's absolutely ridiculous, but also being gracious to myself and also setting my sights high like this. I'm already excited about coming up with some things that I don't want to bring into 2024. And then putting some things down that kind of guide and steer the the vibe of my year. Like I, every year for my studio, I usually choose a word. And last year it was renew, which is like a renewed sense of, you know, self or whatever that can be. So I like to have a word. And then underneath that umbrella, I guess, is where things kind of spin off. Yeah. I don't know what 2024's word is yet, which is weird. I normally know by now. <laughs> Do you? I, I, I love it's this. Gonna, it's going to come though. It's, it'll come. And I mean, it's cool because I usually like see the thread through so many different spheres of life. And I, I have a concept that I want to really run for and run through professionally, but also this year, obviously like health and, and wellness is taking on a different, I'm having to be a little bit more selfish in the sense of it's not selfish, but self-centered. And that's also sounds negative. Those are two negative connotations, but just focused on my actual self-care. Whereas you think like, oh, you work out all the time, you own a fitness studio. Studio owners are some of the most like unwell people sometimes <laughs> that you'll ever meet. Like people always think like, oh, competition. I'm like, I love meeting other fitness studio owners. And I've actually started having dinner with a couple that are in Birmingham and just either commiserating or just laughing about like, okay, we've got to make time for ourselves. And so actually the past, one of my res, I actually do have a resolution for the 2024 is to continue to book private Pilates privates and like bar privates for myself because it's the only time that someone's looking at my body and I'm not looking around the room trying to fix somebody <laughs> so like going to other places to work out there's some other spots I've not hit up this I'm going to hit them up in 2024 so I'm excited yeah that's great I love that mm -hmm. I think that, that's needed so you mentioned you have a word for each year what was your word last year it was renew, renew of your mind or renew. And we actually, I 
carried that into the studio and we had all sorts of really cool themes and every month we did different things. But yeah, we're new in the sense of honestly more than I think last year at the beginning of this, everyone kind of needed to exhale. You know, we'd been through COVID. We'd had all this stuff and health had become such a priority, which is great for my industry during COVID, which I love. But I think we all just kind of needed to renew our sense of community more than anything because we were all kind of like, are we safe? Are we not? And so it took on so many different forms in 2023. But for me, it on a personal level, it was more like renew my mind, body and spirit as in the sense of like finding ways, small ways throughout my day or week to rejuvenate myself. Because when you're a business owner, I mean, you know how busy your life is to just work and then family and I, I'm trying to be more social now. And so all the things, there's hardly enough time. You know, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I like to recommend people go on a big trip. That's not always feasible. So like finding small ways throughout my days and we, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but like to manage my lifestyle and make myself feel like I'm like treating myself a little bit. Like I love baths and I've gotten super fancy with my bath. And so <laughs> Renew can take on a spiritual connotation or it can take on a very practical one, which is like, I need some Epsom salts and silence at the end of the day to renew myself for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So mine last year was growth and man, I really hated Ooh, that. So you like, have a word too. Oh yes. yeah. Don't you hate it? You're like, I want to grow. And then you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's I like, can really stretch you. Yeah. It's like when you it pray stretches for patience, your being. you know, it's like yes. your patience and all of a sudden it's like, oh, and then you're throwing a bunch of hard things to deal with. And I'm like, I feel like maybe I set myself up for this one this year with the growth. It is so true. Yeah. I mean, that really kind of goes hand in hand with what you were saying about in the beginning with your thriving and surviving. So hopefully you'll get a little bit, but yeah, growth. I love that. Yeah. Um, and uh, this year, I think thinking about my new year's resolutions. Yeah. So kind of, do you do them? Yeah. So I always yes. choose a word too, which is funny. And I haven't, oh, I, love that. A, I haven't picked a word yet, but I definitely want to find the fun. So like I'm looking mm, for mm -hmm. joy. I'm looking for the yes. memories. But yeah, I think that's so important. And I did realize something too, like I've had to kind of stop and focus on renewing some friendships, like, or just starting to realize every, like you said earlier, there's different tiers of friendships. Like those people you go deep with immediately or those are more surface. But for me, I realized I was talking with women all day long and I'm like doing things for women. And then I realized I was kind of dry and the personal connection when it came to myself. And I've been really trying to prioritize girlfriends in the last few months. And it has been so refreshing. And it's kind of given me just, it's been encouraging to just have fun for no reason. Like I try to assign meaning to so many things. And sometimes I'm like, you know, the purpose is to just be and have fun <laughs> and be joyful in the moment. It doesn't have to be this overarching intent thing all the time. And so just it's been really nice. I'm hoping to carry that. It, it really happened towards the end of the year. So I'm really hoping to catapult that into 2024. I think I just looked around, you know, and I've worked mm -hmm. tirelessly for, you know, at least eight years now, just trying to really yeah. hold into my career and improve myself, proved really to myself that, okay, these goals, I wanted to be a director by this age. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. Right. You know, it's great to have a plan, but yeah. you, I don't know. I just feel like in this new season of life, it's like, as I go into this year, I just want to really set my intention to look around and have the best people around me and pouring into yes. me and vice versa and 
finding yes. that true sense of community to me when you work so hard, like you mentioned to sometimes mm-hmm. you look around and you're like, wait, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> like I'm, I'm over here just mm-hmm. you know, working away and that's great. But like, there's gotta be some balance. Balance probably won't be my word, but it sounds nice. Oh but yeah. I want to find the I balance. like, I mean, balance is a myth in my opinion. I think you get balance in certain areas at certain times, but like to act like we can balance everything. It just makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, so many people focus on balance, which I think is a good thing because there's balance. But I felt like I definitely tried to, you know, I bought my partner out two years ago. And I think that as I was redefining the studio brand and kind of rebuilding the team and restructuring and revamping after COVID and just everyone kind of being in this dissonant phase, I found myself just like you said, a little bit overworked and undernourished in that relational field and slowing down to kind of enjoy the fruits of our labor, right? It's sometimes hard to do. But once you do, I've learned it's a nice little rhythm. And I'm trying to keep my my like key phrase was rhythm of renewal for the year. And so I'm excited for you to find your fun. I can't wait to hear about it in 2024. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe that will help with the stress levels. Speaking of stress and wellness, Mm -hmm. you know, how would you define stress? And maybe what are some common misconceptions about it? What are some ways people can manage stress that way? They find that they're more mentally well and and really living out their life in a meaningful way. There's so many tiers to what I believe is like a huge reason. So many females, especially, are so stressed um, in our current day. It's just like the societal pressure, like all the hats. I was laughing at someone's Instagram story the other day because it was like, do all the chores, like beat everyone, get all the things done, thrive in your business, be a size, whatever, your ideal size, like all these. And I just read the list and I was like, this is true. Like this is running through our psyche a lot of like just achieve and then later we'll receive and enjoy. But like a misconception I think too, is that it has to be something catastrophic. Like, oh, you know, they always say moving, grieving. There's all these, yes, like those obvious stressors, but the things that I've noticed taking away people's mental and physical health is just overcommitting, overburdening their schedules and their expectations for themselves and what they're doing. And, you know, we're not winning any awards for like being everywhere, doing everything. I think if we can eliminate some of our own pressures on ourselves as women specifically, I think that we all can kind of exhale a little bit you know, we're all pretty much dealing with the same things. Like some of my best friends are single and they don't have children. But if we sit and talk about like our bodies or what we feel like is going on in the world with, you know, even just election year coming up and a lot of our mindsets are we're carrying similar burdens. But when we start to not really talk about them or we start to package them neatly, I find that I isolate if I don't find a common ground with someone and in the I think there's there some ways that women can just share what's going on in their lives a little bit more and in an authentic connection, human to human way, not necessarily online. I think social media sometimes gives us this paradigm that we're like, we're relieving stress by connecting and sharing, but that's really just like that false sense sometimes and, and, and finding ways to like kind of debunk the myths that we all have it together because that stress, that silent stressor of pressure, I think is one of the hardest things I witness in in my day to day personally and with my, you know, with the women around me. 
Yeah. What are some practical tips that you found or strategies that can help relieve stress management? Like what are some tips yeah. throughout the day? Well, like I always, I mean, <laughs> my clients are so funny. They're like, send me memes all the time. They're like, oh, if it's about breath work or if it's about breathing, it's going to come from the health mouth. But I really do believe in, and I know it's gotten trendy to be like, inhale, exit, deep breathing. But the the true center and like our like very life is our breath. And during the day, I find myself with my shoulders up by my ears or I'm holding my breath and in my wrist, like I'm hunched over and I don't even realize the tension that I'm holding in my body. And so I try to, and I've had to actually set a timer through seasons of life or different times of the day because I'll get to work and not leave for four hours, but I won't have stepped outside. I won't have gotten the sun on my face. And so just setting a little like, timer to stand up to like left hand on your heart right hand on your lower abdomen and like press inhale press into that hand and watch it expand 60 seconds and I mean I'm not always wearing an apple watch but I know they have that I've never done it but I know they have like that reflect or whatever on the on the watch and then that sounds so just like a clinical answer but the breath is truly where I I go back to if you're driving in the car and carpool and you're or you're stressed out and you're cooking dinner, like soften the bend in your knees at the kitchen and let your belly expand and find a softening women in your day, I guess is my point. And it can just be a quick little moment of awareness. But another practical thing is honestly to move. And I don't mean like, oh, you need to come to your bar. You have to book an hour class. Like for me recently with my health stuff, moving can look like a short walk or like stretching or turn on a song and like, just have some joyful like motion. <laughs> I love a mat. I think everyone should own a yoga mat. It doesn't, you don't need to be a yogi, but just I love the, especially with my healing that I'm going through my journey right now. There's a story in scripture where a man's been paralyzed and, and Jesus is like, do you want to be healed? And he's like, yes. And he's like, pick up your mat, you know, and go. And so for me with movement, I think if everyone has a mat or a place in their home or even in their office where they can go and just, I mean, the most basic stretches, all fours, cat, cow, just to kind of bring some blood flow. There is no mistake of what it does to the body and how it makes you feel. And again, like I said, I love little self-care things. Like everyone's, I've been invited to all these favorite things, Christmas parties, and I just keep bringing like any of my favorite candles, like my favorite bath bombs, like just little ways you can nourish yourself. Because I don't think that it's feasible, like I said, to like, oh, every week we're going to go to the spa. And like, I think just finding these little sweet moments of whether it's like 20 minutes to read by yourself or go on a walk with a friend. These are simple things that honestly are stress reducing and give you that grounding effect. I mean, I have to get my face out in the sun and bare feet every day. I'm not going to go into the science of all that. But these are things that I've noticed that help and have helped my clients directly. But yeah, I mean, there are apps and things that I utilize sometimes too, but you know, meditation definitely helps with mental health stuff too. But I will say meditation was such, depending on what phase of life you're in. I used to hear that word and be like, oh, and I'm a leader in the industry. And I'm like, I'm an active meditator. Well, now in 38 with a brain tumor, I'm like a very still meditator, you know? And so using tools that we have really at our fingertips on our phones, there's I can give a long list of things. There's Insight Timer and, you know, all kinds of different little on YouTube. You can Google a five, five minute meditation and guided breath and just mindfulness of just not thinking about anything else, but where you are in your skin 
feel your rib cage, feel your shoulders, feel the tension in your body and then let it go. All these little things I'm talking about can kind of bring that into a cohesive pattern day to day that give you a little bit more of an understanding of how you're feeling, how you're operating and give you a little bit more of an emotional boost to be able to handle all the things that are being thrown at you. Some things that jumped out to me is we're big walkers in my family. <laughs> if I've had are you? Yes. Yes. If I've had a stressful call. I'm about a walk, man. I love it. I'm like, let's go on a walk. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing better than that. Like a midday walk where you're like, okay, I've had enough. And like a yes. lot of my friends laugh and joke at me because they're like, oh, she's walking again. But I usually take yes. Mayfair with me because she loves just, she's the cutest. And she just gets so excited oh. to go on a walk and say, yes. You have to spell it out now because she knows what's up, but (laughs) she knows if you say it. (laughs) Yes, but she just is so cute and fun and just like jumps around and gets so excited that it makes it so worth it. And I do that. And then I think like scheduling little sweet things for yourself. Like I recently just went to a little professor and everyone's like, are you looking for something? I'm like, no, I just am a writer. I love reading. And like, I just walked around and then walked back down back to the studio. So, you know, that was a little break for me. That was a little mental health break. And I get like inspired by just getting a coffee, walking around and starting over. And you're like, oh, really? But there's so many times I can't even tell you where I've been like, let me just keep powering through. Let me get one more thing done. And then like my, I'll get five hours in the day and my back hurts and I, my adrenals are getting burned out because I'm like not being mindful and standing, you know, with like purpose in, in my day. It's okay to take a break because I always like to say in my classes, sometimes we have to slow down to speed up. Yeah. But those are all great tips and thoughts around just finding ways throughout your day, just to kind of check in with yourself. So I think those are all great points. Yes. I did want to go back, you know, you touched a little bit earlier on just your pregnancies and them not going as mm. planned and probably a lot of stress that went along <laughs> with them not going as planned. Like, can, would you be willing mm-hmm. to kind of share your journey and what made oh, yeah. that experience and made those who were, who haven't experienced pregnancy yet, like just some, some, right. some common misconceptions that maybe the world makes us believe are the truth. It is just wild. Like I had a very tumultuous upbringing and And I thought I'm a mom and I do agree with that. And I did have to do that. Um, I got married really young, but we actually did not have children until I think we celebrated 10 years when my son was a month old. So it was a rare scenario where we did focus on our careers, but we also focused on who in the heck are we? Like, what what are we doing and how are we going to come together? And, you know, not like, oh, there's a perfect time to have a child, but I always knew I had to work through some of my stuff that plagued me and just do some trauma work and understand a little bit more about mental health because I do think like mental health now like when I opened Pure Bar it was really 15 years ago when I was opening and I strategically wanted to open in January because like you said New Year's is a great time for the fitness industry but I was building my company 15 years ago and I opened and I had almost I mean it was instant success I'll just be very blunt and it was incredible and on the outside I looked like I had everything. Like I had this amazing husband and this marriage and this incredible business. And I did have all those things, but I was struggling mentally. And I don't know if it was, I still try to look back and see, I do think it's just kind of God putting me through a season of learning how to cope with life while finding balance as a 24 year old, all through my twenties, you know, a woman, a wife, and then also a leader I really was so excited about one day starting a family, but the longer that kept not being on the docket, and it wasn't, again, because we struggled with fertility. It was just, we had more and more that 
kind of got unearthed and we were living separately. And once we moved back and like he came to Birmingham and I thought, oh, this will just be such an easy progression. But I'll never forget one day asking a therapist, I was like, am I done here? Like, have we dealt with all this stuff so I can now be a mom? And she started laughing. She was like, don't get me wrong. Like you have dealt with, you know, the immediate effects on your marriage, on your personal opinion of yourself and on your trajectory of the world with like your abuse and and then all the things. However, when you become a mom, the whole other thing's going to happen. And I was just like, okay, well, that's encouraging and also discouraging. But I was like, okay. But I always remember wanting to have it like tightly boxed. And I watched all these women have just incredible healthy pregnancies in my studio. And I thought, oh, this is going to be such a sweet season to like be an example. And, you know, I, I briefly said my brother away, but he had had a lifelong addiction. He died in 2016 of a, a drug overdose. He'd been sober for a while. And then it was just like textbook overdose. And from that mo moment on, I was definitely in a season of grief and definitely depressed, but in, in a very, um, I, I struggle with PTSD, depressive episodes. And so I got pregnant right in the midst of that SK. I was like, what is happening? This is not that kumbaya time that I thought I was going to get pregnant and I didn't even know I was pregnant until like eight or nine eight weeks in and most people with my first most people know within like four weeks you know in their first they're trying or my son was a blessing and God sent him to me and in such so many ways to pull my eyes heavenward to pull my eyes away from myself and to remind me that we're here for about a minute and I could not explain to you how happy I was to find out that I was pregnant and that it had happened naturally and without a plan, honestly. And we actually closed on a house the day that we found out we were pregnant. We'd never bought a house together in Birmingham. We'd been living in a loft and just kind of blend our lives. So it was this great, beautiful moment. Well, then like come month three to four, I start having issues where I'm spotting or I can't go to work. And I need bed rest or I need more monitoring. And I was unfamiliar with all this because everyone in my family has had healthy pregnancies. They've had natural childbirth, like just quick and easy. And I did, I was on some medicine, some antidepressants and some things before I got pregnant. And I went off those cold turkey. <laughs> I don't recommend that. Um, but I mean, that was because of how progressed I was in my pregnancy, I had to do that. And trying to kind of be a hero in that season, I was like, well, I don't need, they're safe. There are totally safe drugs that you can take during your pregnancy if you struggle with depression at all. And I was not struggling in the beginning month, but as it progressed, as my health continued to fail, and as I was spotting and put on bed rest, the outlets that I turned to, like movement and community, those things, and even music. I'm a guitarist, I'm a songwriter. I couldn't even play the guitar because I had carpal tunnel. I had high blood pressure. I gained a healthy amount of weight with my son, but towards the end, we found out he wasn't developing past like month five. And so I was going in every single day for fetal monitoring. I and mean, it's just the luster of this pregnancy that I thought I would just have was kind of swept out from underneath me. And I, in the moment, you don't think about it because you're like, this is, I'm just thankful we're here. We're alive. Like he's alive. And every single day it was, let's try to get him further down the road. Let's try to get him further down the road. And then finally, at, I went in for a monitoring and they were checking if he was doing all right, if he was not. And immediately they were like, okay, mom, today's the day. And it's so funny because everyone was like, oh, you're okay. Like in the last two weeks before I had him and he was early, he was four weeks early. I was swelling so bad and everyone was like, goodness, are you okay? And I was still trying to be at Pure Bar and still trying to act like everything was fine. 
And it just wasn't, I was exhausted and I did not feel good and I hadn't told anyone anything. And I learned a lot from that first pregnancy in that season of it's okay that it did not look how I thought it would. It's okay that it's hard. And it's also okay that you can straddle joy and sorrow in the same season. Because when I'm grieving my brother and then I get pregnant, I learned really amazing lessons in that moment of life where I could say, you can be going down the river is what I like to do an analogy of. And like, you're on a life raft and like a part of that raft just gets pulled away and you're still on the raft, but you have to adjust. You have to adjust your body weight. You have to adjust your mindset. And like, I've had to kind of adjust during that pregnancy of why don't I feel good? Like, why am I not in, able to like really exhale during this and enjoy it? And then when he came, we both did not do well during labor. He, they brought, he I had to leave him in the hospital. So he was sneaky baby. And I feel so fortunate that I was in the city that I was in and I left him and I came home and I just, again, was doing you as a mother, as a woman, you do what you have to do. And I did not realize the toll that was taking on me to like not have him with me, but I kept pushing through. And when he did finally come home, it was, you know, an adjustment. He was four pounds. We got him to four pounds and it was wild. But while I'm just like, he's three months old, I get pregnant again, SK. And this time my body has not lost any baby weight. I'm retaining fluid from having preeclampsia and I get up with my daughter. So I have them 12 months apart. I get up to like 215 pounds. And I say that I'm not a weight person, but I say that to illustrate to like a listener. I'm 5'4", I'm normally 115. So like the total weight gain over on my frame over a year was almost 100 pounds. And like what that did to my body, I was diabetic with her. There were all these elements to my pregnancies that... She was healthy the whole time. I was not. So with that pregnancy, it was me that was clearly deteriorating. (laughs) And I, however, I mean, I was fortunate. They were like, you're diabetic. You don't even have to take your second test. But I was able to monitor that with diet and lifestyle. And like, there are so many things that I learned through pregnancy that like, it is okay that it is not Instagram perfect. Like I still posted, I still took videos of myself. I mean, I owned my body in that moment. And I can say that something my mom instilled in me, like just this is where you are right now. Embrace it. Embrace your beauty in the moment. But like I had people say the most offensive stuff to me throughout my time being pregnant. They're like, oh, like, oh, like people just best friends even that really hurt my feelings. They didn't mean to, but like, this is not what I thought you would look like or, you know, and I clearly four months with my daughter, I looked like I was nine months pregnant. And so there was just like a lot of, that I had to take from that. And once I delivered her, it was COVID. She was two weeks before lockdown. And so I'm processing two of these back-to-back traumatic pregnancies and then the world's isolated. And so I did, I don't know if it was postpartum depression or if it was just like circumstance, but I was locked in like a pretty small, like 1200 square feet with my grandmother who was visiting, got stuck with us and my husband and two new babies. And I was physically just unwell. and. Slowly but surely, every day, day in and day out, I would go on a walk. That was one safe thing. I would kind of turn inward spiritually. I would sing if I could to my kids and slow down my mindset about what bouncing back looks like. I think postpartum journey is so ridiculous now. And like people are like in a race to show who can get down to a certain size or like who can do something. And it is the way that I view my job my career and how I help women and just allowing them to realize that like we were meant to slow down. Yes, heal properly so you can speed up. Because after I had the babies, I thought, oh, I have all this pressure. I'll just be honest with you. I was like, 
I like gave it three months and then I was like, okay, I'm going to start like a, a healthy weight loss journey. I did it over a year and a half. I walked and I did pure bar and I lightly monitored what I ate. I've been a vegetarian until I got, I got pregnant. And then I'm now just like a rabid meat eater, by the way. So I like had adjusted my diet some, but once I got back to pure bar and I thought, oh, okay, this is it. Like it was this false sense of security because I was like, oh, I look how I'm supposed to look again. And that was hysterical. Cause God's like, you're going to have a prolapse, like your organs are going to fall out. And they did like, Adam, that, that might be too much for your listeners, but I had multiple pelvic organ prolapses so severely that um, they wanted me to have surgery, but I went a wellness path with it. It was a very extreme healing year for me, but like it can be done. Uh, it took, that's where I think I really embraced the tools of industry of just what seems like it's now so common, like, oh yeah, breathe you know, do your pelvic floor exercises, like these basic concepts that really did revolutionize and kind of change my life. Maybe I wasn't the cutest or I was always glowing. So I was sweating, like, but like, I truly feel like it has opened up and I've had more success with my like post with women and leading my team and in my business than I've ever had before, because it opened up a whole new area for women to be like, okay, so she's not just this like perfect, tiny, no one ever thought it was perfect, but like, it's easy to look at someone who's fit and say, well, she's has it, you know, like this is, and I, they've watched me, they've watched me struggle and with the spinal condition too. And so I think that for women, just be gracious with yourself. And like pregnancy is really hard mentally and physically, and it's hard to come through and back from, but it's the sweetest, most precious moment. And so I think the biggest tool that I gathered from that time was learning how to be, you can struggle. You can also experience extreme joy and, and peace at the same time, but also struggle to find your identity again as a woman that's now given birth twice. And they talk about giving birth and you have a new child, but you also have a new person yourself. So I wrote a lot during that season and shared a lot online. And I'm glad that I did because I can go back and look at that season and just how sweet it was to to go through that. And honestly, I can look back on it fondly. Um, in the moment, I even could know too that it was going to be used for something extraordinary. But now they think maybe this tumor had something to do with all that craziness. Isn't that wild? Wow. That's full circle. You know, I know, right. So it, it did, it did make me feel a little bit better, but I mean, at the same time, I had come to peace in terms of those pregnancies being what they were. I mean, I didn't, everyone in my family had kids before they were like 25. I mean, I was 33 of my first and 34, um, 35 when I delivered my daughter. So yeah, I think that's just a beautiful testament to a very difficult season, it sounds like, but still finding the good yes. through each moment. And I think that's yes. a, a beautiful way of explaining kind of your journey of wellness. Speaking of that, how has your definition maybe of wellness evolved from the early days of starting your Pure Bar Studio yeah. to present day today, which brings us to your current diagnosis? I mean, it's so funny because I think back to recently, I don't, I, I'm never, I'm not one of those people that like goes on a bunch of girls trips or like goes away from my kids very often. It was actually, I went way too long without leaving or like not, I left with my husband once to go out to Telluride, but they were, it was last year. They were, I guess, two and three or three and four. Okay. I don't know. And anyways, and I went on a little weekend and I realized how how much time I had before I had them and not like, Oh, I had it, but like I had more time to like get up my, my mental energy really wasn't so spent on these, like carrying the little emotional well and health of these two children. 
And I really did pour myself into like physical activity. I loved, I mean, I loved exercise. I loved movement. I thought, oh, I can at least teach two classes and work out for two hours a day. Right? That is insane. Like, I mean, yes, that's great. But that is for like a 1% type of a, of a person or 3%. Those of us that are at the top of our game and also don't have really a relation because my husband was working and living somewhere else. And so I focused on like wellness and exercise. Yes. But I feel like it was, I, I could always relate to like clients. I would never struggle to be like, this is where you are. And I love connecting with women. That is the primary reason I'm in the thing that I'm in. And I do love the wellness connection, but like more than anything, I love people. I love just hearing stories and sharing and swapping stories and listening and allowing women to, to kind of just like admit they're not okay or admit they feel great and find ways to challenge them to evolve and, and whatever that looks like. And I had realized I had stopped doing that for myself about six or seven years ago. And I had just made it a part of my day. Like it was just, you know, get up. Of course, you eat healthy. Of course, all these things. And I, until I went through those pregnancies and wellness wasn't something that was just naturally like a part of my life. It was more clinical and at the doctor's office and all these things. I realized that like seasons of life allow for different things. And whether or not you get a workout in or you get to meditate for 30 minutes, like that is not indicative of necessarily your mental health or uh, or your like i guess success in the day because there have been times where i have to I, I use exercise as medicine for my mind because i can slip into anxiety a lower mood i guess and and exercise is a natural endorphin kick but what that actually looks like and that goes back to kind of my some of my practices with you know, just a walk or movement in a slight way, playing with my kids. I'm big into play. Like, I think we should, as adults, rediscover whether you become a parent or not, like ways to play. That's why I really connected with your Find Your Fun in 2024, because so much of what we do, we're going to wake up in 20 years and like, okay, we worked really hard. But, and I don't mean like, you know, you have to go across the world to experience Thing, but to truly just in our day to day find ways to like really nourish like that part of ourselves that with my kids I get on a swing I get on a bike like I do these like really fun things and I, I'm the mom that does get down on the floor and like play but I, not every mom has to do that type of play I just think as women we should prioritize like our sense of joy and what that means to us and wellness now means more about the whole scope of yes okay nourish your body. But it's not it's not practical to have a perfect diet, in my opinion. Not everybody needs a, a, some supplement. I have found ways, yes, now to add elements in as I've aged. I actually love Restore Hyper Wellness. It's in Mountain or in Cabo Village next to Whole Foods. I've made a commitment to myself that I go there. I do. I'm big into cryotherapy and ice plunging right now, just for inflammation with my condition. But also, it's a mood boost, and I love red light therapy and sauna. But again, those aren't things that I try to tell people like you need to do those because they're not always accessible but like wellness to me now in 38 as opposed to early on is more about a mindset and a lifestyle um, approach and just knowing and being so sure of who you are in your skin and setting boundaries around yourself allowing yourself to have the 15 minutes to go on a walk but also allowing yourself to have room in your schedule to do nothing and that is harder than doing something I think but with this tumor and all this really fun stuff that I'm going through, it's it's shown me that yet again, just like this, it reflects the seasons of pregnancy where like all the tools have been stripped 
necessarily that I would go out. I don't have the energy. There are some days where it's everything to get up, get my kids fed, get them to, to school. And then, you know, I was trying to push through and teach, but I was losing words and some of the stuff that affects the tumor, I was having some setbacks and my team looked at me and they were like, you don't have, like, you don't have to do this. And like wellness to me right now too, means relying on the community that I've built and like knowing that these women are capable of, of running with the vision and letting myself come and be a client. And that just really recently started. I just, we have a class called Align and it's a slower, it's not any easier, but it's like a bless. And um, I went and took it, that class the other night. And it's so funny. Half the time, I'm usually just like stretching on the mat at Pure Bar because I like to just go with it and do my own thing. That's why I love it because it is group exercise energy, but you'd kind of just isolate into what is best for your body that day. And to me, it's like, what do I need today? And that might mean listening to an audiobook and taking a bath, or that might mean getting a killer workout in or pushing myself beyond a limit that I don't want. It also could just mean writing in my journal or just surviving the day, let's be honest, you know? So it just depends. I think wellness is evolving for all of us as we age and as we progress through life. That was beautifully said. And I think that obviously your team is a testament to your leadership and your ability to be able to step back and let them do what they do best because someone's come before them and shown them how. So that's a testament to Mm -hmm. you right there. Thank you. Thank you. That makes me emotional. They're amazing. Awesome. Well. So I have to ask this question, what advice would you give yes. to your 18, 20 something, 30 something self? And for women who were in this season of life, what advice would you give and how would it differ? Embrace the weirdness. I feel like in your teens, like I was always, um, I actually never really had, it's so funny that I like love women and like literally build my career on pouring into women because I wasn't a part of a group really. I kind of was a little bit of a artistic, a little bit of an athlete. Like I kind of just did. And then I never really fit into one category. And I used to let that kill me. Like, oh, I need so-and-so has like their click. Or I know that sounds so shallow and superficial, but in that time when you're growing up and like you're figuring out what you want to do and who you are, like really just trusting your own instinct and being true to yourself. And I'm really thankful that I had, you know, as much as my parents, as, as crazy as it was growing up, they did some really great things. And they instilled in us like, hey, you're extraordinary. And I'm like, well, that seems and I'm like, no, actually, I think that did stick it somewhere in my psyche, because I believe that other people are extraordinary as well. And like turning that inward. And I think in your eight, like that 18 and that early 20 something when you're just kind of figuring it all out, living on your own, it's important to not necessarily go with the flow of others. But like, I wish I could look back now and tell myself like, Hey girl, it's okay. Like you can, you don't have to go to everything. You don't have to be everything to everybody. Um, and then twenties for sure. It's like this. I mean, I had a great time, but I also think starting in your twenties, I do think it's important to kind of prioritize your health and yes, have a hell of a time, but to try to create some sort of like flow to prepare yourself for the next decade. Like I just am thankful that I was in the industry that I was in because had I come upon my thirties and this health diagnosis that I've had, and I didn't have any of those, you know, practices in place, I think it would have been really hard overnight to just, Oh, I'm a mom. Let me adopt all this at once and, and try to implement it. So just knowing in your twenties, like, yes, take advantage of your body feeling so great, but also Um, And have fun, take the trips and like do the things, but also don't be scared to say no to 
set a boundary and step back a little bit um, and take care of yourself. I think the groundwork's laid in your 20s and then 30s and 40s. It's the sweet season. My husband just turned 43 on the 12th and I'm 38. And I, gosh, one of the best things that I can say that we were talking about last night is, yeah, mindful movement. Like find a practice that you like, find something in your day that restores your mind and body, but also click into something that you're passionate about. I think so much in our late 30s, if I see one more thing, it's like your life's halfway over. Like, I'm like, okay, yes, midlife, here we are. And I, you don't think it's in your late thirties, but I keep seeing all these things on Instagram. They're like, you're there. And I'm like, okay, perfect. And that actually isn't daunting to me anymore. One of my goals in the next five years is to, is to write a book. And I had started actually, it was, I'm a part of a writer's collective. And I was like, plowing through, we were working on all stuff. And then I got this health diagnosis and words aren't coming very naturally to me. And letting myself be okay with, okay, you know what? It's not not gonna happen. It just might not be right now. And so knowing in this season of life that you still want to dream. I think we still need to have hope and excitement and goals, but also be patient that it, it's not over tomorrow. And like, we're not all trying to get, if it's meant to be for you and you're working hard towards something, it really will, I found, evolve and, and become what it needs to be. But stop trying to control so much and just enjoy. My mom and I'm with her. I, I haven't even told you where I am right now. We've like joined the crazy of we're now I'm in Nashville with my three and four year old and my mom and her mother, my kids, cousins at the Opryland hotel for Christmas. And it is madness here. And this is something that like, I don't know that I ever thought I would do or want to do, but we just went through this like ice solar express. Everything was made by ice. You're all in park as like right before I got on this call. And I, instead of being like, oh, this is insane. My three-year-old's crying or I'm annoyed. Like I just really just stood back and laughed. And I think being able to be comfortable in your skin, the biggest thing I see with my clients, especially because my prime client is like 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, is like, I hate when I see someone who has this beautiful life and this beautiful body or whatever that means to them, but still hasn't found peace within themselves. And I just say, run after whatever that is for you. For me, it's my faith and it's my family and it's my community, but really setting up yourself you're setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with people that care things that matter and then stopping and being present in the moment because this is it like if I tomorrow like I'm trying to live yes every day like this is it and make these memories and and memories more more important than anything and more than things and possessions and achievements and I'm really trying to use that focus in motherhood more than anything and thus far it's it's led me. Yes, sometimes I'm exhausted and we're on the road a lot, but it's been really great. So I know that was kind of a lot of topics, but I mean, I just think it just changes for a decade, honestly. I think we get more comfortable too, and it's it's easier to embrace ourselves or easier. We just kind of be a little bit. I, I pray that for other people, at least. It's been my experience. Yes. Well, and what a fun <laughs> trip to be on with the family too. That's, uh, that's fun. It is. I mean, it is. It's like Disney, it's like country Disney here. I mean, everybody's here. I'm like, who are all these people? <laughs> but I'm excited. I mean, it's always been something my mom, it's just so funny. I mean, it's not something I ever thought she'd want to do. But since we've lost my brother and I, we've had a lot of loss in our life, we're like, let's just get and make as many fun, hilarious things as we can. So that's Absolutely. Important. Finding the fun. <laughs> exactly. I might steal and spin off yours. <laughs> hey, do it. 
I say it's a collaboration. <laughs> um, and last but not least, this is my favorite question to wrap with because everyone's answer is always mm-hmm. so different. How do you define success for yourself? I think for me, it kind of builds on a lot of what I just said. Like success for me, I worked really hard. And yes, some of my efforts paid off really well in my first studio, but I've also worked really hard in certain things in certain areas and like studios that haven't thrived as well or communities that haven't received the branding as well. Or I was a consultant for years for other owners and helping them kind of tap into like what makes a a studio successful. That's really where I've started to build my foundational view of what I think makes uh, my definition of success because it's so not about necessarily Yes, the fruits of our labor are great to see. I love to see things thriving and I love to see success. I love to see numbers in studios. I love to see women connecting and all of that. But like, that's just a measurable thing. For me, my personal view of success is truly a day where I have been intentional and I've also been flexible, allowing myself to go with the flow because if I've learned anything by now and I've been through quite a few things and seasons in my life, it is that there's just no guarantee And there is no fixed outcome. And no matter how hard I've watched people work tirelessly and have to close their studio or, you know, whatever their business might be. And it's not that they weren't adequate or, you know, it could have been timing or whatever that might be. And so now knowing that my measure of success is not about necessarily like your place in society, but more about your state of mind and state of being within yourself, knowing that true joy comes from you being at peace in the moment, in your skin. And like, for me, a lot of that, when we're young women, or I remember people always being like, well, in the waiting, like there's so much waiting in life, but really the waiting and the process is the experience and is the value of like, of our journey. And like success for me is just enjoying the experience on a daily basis. And that can be like hitting a milestone. Yes, I do set goals monthly at Pure Bar. I do set sales goals. I set creativity goals, connectivity goals. And I set on for my home, but honestly, if you're not mind in the moment and you're not living it, it's hard to even enjoy the success. And so for me, it's just truly finding what makes you tick and then really laughing at yourself and having a great time doing it. Because I mean, I have like looking at motherhood too. I mean, I am a hot mess of a person and I own that and like, I think that it allows other people to let their guard down a little bit. Cause I'm like, I'll, I like fall into my, I've taught class this past year. I've fallen over people. Like I very much like you have to be able to laugh at yourself. And so, yes, there are markers of success, but for me, it's something that's like a more of eternal value and an internal piece. And honestly, last thing, being honest with yourself, like being on, taking good, hard look at yourself, being honest, and then living in your own truth. That's truly success for me. Some days I get it and some days I'm a, just a chameleon trying to fake it till I make it. So, you know, <laughs> straddling that line is, is always going to be the, the, you know, the goal. Yeah. Well, that's great. Great advice on what success looks like. And thank you so much for your time today, Danielle. I yes. just really have loved getting to connect with you and hear your story and your truth. Before we head out, how can our friends find you online? What's your shameless plug? So, well, my studio is in Homewood. You can find the actual professional location, um, purebar.com, and we're the Homewood location. There's three in Birmingham now. But I'm in Homewood, and we're on, you can follow us online, Pure Bar Birmingham. But 
I am actually, I have an exciting launch in 2024 and some things I'm doing, some personal projects. So follow me. It's just Danielle Lee Davis, L-E-A Davis. Um, that's my Instagram handle. And honestly, it's been pretty stagnant for a moment, but that's usually strategic for me. So I'm just kind of letting it lull and then I'm doing some exciting things moving forward. But more than anything, I'm going to try to take care of myself and get moving forward. But yeah, purebar.com, you can find our location and then you can follow us on social to stay plugged in with that. Well, thank you again hey. so much, Danielle. Appreciate your time You're so welcome. and keep shining. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Looking for another way to engage with the Ladies Who Lead podcast? Check out our Instagrams and our show notes at the Ladies Who Lead. And don't forget to check out our website, www.theladieswholead.com. Until next time, I'm SK Vaughn.